0: So Nico just suddenly turned into the kid that doesn't want sauce on his pasta. Mm. We're Italian.
1: That's not going to work. This is not going <laughs> to fly in our house.
0: <laughs> Mama. Welcome, parents, to Raising Amazing.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine.
0: And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother.
1: Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's
0: begin... Raising Amazing. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: Da-da. So yeah, it's a big problem. He, I made this amazing homemade sauce organic basil, fresh basil, parsley, oregano, garlic, all of the things, organic tomatoes that cooked for like five hours, and he's not going to eat it? Did, I would kick
1: him out of the house?
0: Almost. <laughs> no, I, I i made him. I made him eat it. <laughs> I did the thing that they tell you not to do. I hovered, and I made him eat it, like every good Italian mother.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's just part of the deal, I guess. I don't it know. Is. <laughs> but I mean... It, it, Really speaking about this, you know, kids are picky and things go in waves, right? Yeah. And, and we talk about this all the time. And we're going to do another amazing episode about picky eating and eating challenges because there are so many different ways to work uh, with our family and work with our kids to get them to eat a little bit more. But our nutrition is number one. It's the most important thing. Everybody brings it back to diet. And so, you know, anytime we can get an amazing nutritionist on here, dietitian, chef, anyone that can help parents to think about one thing they can do differently to get their kids to eat a little bit better, that's going to make the biggest difference in the long run in terms of our health. And our health is suffering.
0: It is. And I also think that this is a a number one topic for adults, parents. I Mm -hmm. mean, everybody's... Wants the new diet, right? The new fad diet. But we're not talking lose, about adults here. Huh? How, how to how to no yeah for, for, for adults like and or how to lose the last five pounds like this is how you do it. You just clean up your mm-hmm. diet mm-hmm. and the pounds will melt away, and your kids will be happier.
1: Ah, oh, special raising amazing diet. Yeah,
0: <laughs> which is eat all the things you want. Eat food. Eat real food. Mm-hmm. It has to be mm-hmm.
1: real. Fancy. Yes. Yeah.
0: Fancy. Um, so we have a great guest today, again, to talk about the thing that is most important, which is what we're putting into our bodies. We have Jess Sherman with us. She is a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, board certified in practical holistic nutrition, a certified teacher, author, speaker, and mother who guides worried parents towards safe, effective tools that help kids feel better and learn better, regardless of their diagnosis. Thank you Jess for being here. Welcome Jess Sherman. Thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Yeah, I always love talking about food. It's it's my favorite topic. I think it's the most important topic and just diet and eating you know, everybody brings it back to food, right? right yeah. <laughs> we, per-
0: we both personally love food. I love all of your Instagram photos of all of the yummy food, healthy food that you and Sarah eat. Um, but yeah, every single doctor that has been on the show, most of them, it all comes back to nutrition. So we talk a lot about it, but it's the most important thing. Right. And we
1: both have toddlers. And one of the biggest issues in toddlers is picky eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we, we're we always excited to talk about this because it's such an important topic because so many kids are picky eaters and parents are so frustrated. So let's try, start there and talk about picky eating and, and what parents should do if they have a picky eater.
2: So um, what do we do about picky eaters? Well, the first thing is don't panic because it happens. Like toddlers, I mean, it's very, very common for, um, you know, or somewhere around age two, somewhere between the age two and three and a half, I'd say, is the pattern that I see for, um, for, for toddlers to, to start to become wary of new things, right? Neophobia is what, what they call it. Right? <laughs> it's not just me. Okay, good. I'm glad to know that. <laughs> no, it's very common. And if you think about it developmentally, it's this weird time for the child where they, you know, so far, it's been all about attachment with, with mom, mostly, right? This, this biological attachment, and then somewhere in that funky age, They start to disengage they start to sort of take a couple of steps away and developmentally that's totally appropriate and then they come come back and then they go and they come back and they go and they come back so. um, it's it makes sense that they would start to be a little bit more wary about food and a little bit more wary about new things. Um, So my point is it's developmentally appropriate for them to start to question, Uh, but it very quickly throws parents into a panic because. We want to nourish our kids right we put so much energy and and effort into into getting them good food and if they say no and they close their mouth we're like what do we do right Mm -hmm. so i think that's the first thing to know that it is very common um but the second thing is to say that you know you you're driving the bus right parents you are driving the bus you know more about nutrition than your toddler you know more about what their body needs than your toddler. So what, whereas they might have preferences and they might be exerting a little bit of their um, of their control and their opinions, uh, you know what they need. So my second tip, if you have a, a child who is starting to be picky is to just keep offering what you know to be good quality, whole, wholesome food.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree and, and I think most Parents don't realize that the research shows that when you do have a picky eater and there is a food that you want to introduce, it can take 10, 50, even 100 times of you offering the food before they eat it. And mm. there is research to show that they, they you know, there's actually good research to show where they have boarding schools and, and where you know the kids are kind of in the same place all the time and getting the same food, that sometimes it takes offering the same food over and over and over again. And most kids, if you offer something many times, eventually they're going to start to eat it they develop a taste for it or they get used to it a little bit more or their palate changes over time so just because you offer something once to a two-year-old doesn't mean they're never going to eat broccoli again and also it also depends how you're preparing it right just because you give a kid a raw broccoli doesn't mean are they're going to eat it but if you prepare it in, in in many different ways and there's a lot of cool you know nu- nutritionists out there and uh Uh, Chefs out there that you can watch and learn all these recipes nowadays. So the internet's good for some things, for sure.
0: Also, just (laughs) garlic and olive oil, people. That's all you need. (laughs) And good quality salt goes a long way as well. There
2: you go, people. I think of of, you know your food choices are are you're starting to develop a culture in your family, right? Food Mm -hmm. is very much culturally linked, and I don't mean you know you're like a like an ethnicity kind of culture. I just mean in terms of the way you do things in your family. You know, we eat whole quality foods. We nourish our bodies in this family. This is what we do. This is where we choose to spend our time. or choose to spend our money um, mm-hmm. if, if you do, right? And and so that it, it, it's an, in the same vein of just offering over and over again, make things predictable, make things consistent. The consistent message, if, if the consistent message that you're sending your child is, we're gonna nourish our body right now. We need to put some good fuel into it. Um, they will, they will they will start to hear that message. They will start to feel that message.
0: I have a question for you. I'm super excited to talk about this piece is the connection between food and learning and what's also the connection between food and mood because our toddlers are moody as AF.
2: (laughs) There is a very intimate connection between the fuel that we put into our body and how our bodies function. Whether that's physically, emotionally, mentally, all on all cylinders, right? If you put if you put the wrong fuel into your car, it doesn't go. You know, if you put premium fuel into your car, it lasts longer and it functions optimally, right? right. Or
1: you just get an electric electric car, and then you ruin the car if you put fuel into it. <laughs> or that,
0: or that, and then this, this whole comparison doesn't work. <laughs>
2: So um, the connection between food—I mean, every single one of our hormones, every single one of our neurotransmitters—our brain is very hungry. I mean, it all requires good nutrition, and and I think I think people are starting to recognize this a little bit more. I mean, ten years ago when I started, when when I—I I mean, I was a teacher and I was in the classroom and I was like, man. Kids are really struggling, and so many medications and ieps and 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 I got really curious about what else we could do other than just our you know pedagogical and curriculum related stuff. And so I took a sabbatical I took a sabbatical and I started studying nu- nutrition. And uh, this was in two thousand and seven. So and you know in certain circles, it was very well understood about how food fuels learning pathways cognition memory um but but when i when i look when i i studied all this stuff so i was kind of immersed in that world and then i went back into my teaching world and my parenting world like nobody was talking about it um now it's a little bit more there, there are more people who are talking about it. it it is it's gotten to a point where people get it they're like oh yeah that makes sense i mean it makes logical sense that how we eat affects how we feel and how we function but then the next part of the conversation is, but my child won't, just won't eat it. Like, they just say no. So what can I do? Is this a tool that I can use? Um, and those are the nuances that we sort of need to work through around the, how do you get it into your child. But yes, the connection is, is very strong. It is very much there. What are your top
0: mood-boosting foods for toddlers and preschoolers? And I know that we can't always get them to eat them, but what are your go-to's?
2: well i mean i we can we can keep things super simple and just say anything that is real (laughs) you know any (laughs) real whole food is going to be good for the brain it's going to be good for for the the body um the more colors you can get in the better so i like to teach my clients to to um you know, play little games around colors because kids don't need to know the, you know, what lycopene is and what the, you know, <laughs> but they, they do need to know, you know, so for those listening, it's a very important phytochemical that you find in plants, <laughs> but- um, Right, full right. of colors. Yeah. So the reds, the blues, the blueberries, the berries are wonderful for, for the brain. Um, the crunchier and fresher, the foods, those ones are gonna be healthy for the brain. Um, I like to to tell people like go and look at the heritage varieties if you go into the into the grocery store you start to find purple tomatoes and 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 you know purple um, what are those uh, potatoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. purple potatoes just we different things purple that potatoes, you would not yeah. have recognized or, or thought to look for um, if you weren't thinking about color so let's keep it simple and, and I don't like I, I try to i don't find it helpful when parents are micromanaging their plate to be like okay where's the protein where's the where's the fat but all those things are great that your body needs all of them
1: right right and it's not i mean i i agree with your messaging completely because i think it can become way too overcomplicated, and we don't focus where the vast majority of the benefit is going to come from which is just eating real food getting the crap out of the diet decreasing the sugar decreasing the, the chemicals and the toxins the preservatives and the prepared food if you can prepare more food if you know exactly what's going into it um, especially if you are conventionally eating a lot more fast food or, or processed food then the first step is just to start making your own food and just actually buying the ingredients and then preparing the food from those ingredients and then you can kind of work your way forward in terms of nuance and and, and even going to the next level but for the most part for most people just making dinner is really all you need to do that's a a huge first step and you're going to get you know probably 50 percent or whatever the number health benefit is just from making actual food and then you can kind of work your way forward from there and if every single person in the whole world just made uh, all of their meals even if it was super simple then probably you know we'd have Exponential increases in, in health and decreases in chronic disease. I mean, it's, it's, I
2: hundred percent so- think that that's true. And it's interesting, you know, as I as I work with more people and as I you know learn more and I and you know, interview people for my own podcast and things like that. And and everyone says the same thing when I ask about you know what's the best, what's your advice around around food for X Y or Z? It's always. It always comes back to the same. And so I think for parents, it's it, like, you're right. It, they, we, we like to overcomplicate, we don't like to, but things get overcomplicated mm-hmm. very quickly when you're, you're reading articles and you're reading blog posts and you're getting advice left, right and center. But it, it really, what kids need is actually quite simple, right? They need, they need good nourishing food, they need hydration, they need movement, they need sleep, and they need connection, strong connections with their families.
1: Mm -hmm. They need
2: everything that we need. Mm
0: -hmm. These are all the things that we need. Like, we can't do a day on a donut, or I can't. I can't eat a donut or, like, sugary cereal. It's going to be a rough
1: day if I have a donut. Right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you stop eating that stuff, if you just, you, you can't eat it anymore. Like, you don't, you don't, you can't function
2: i get and i think like but i think it's what's interesting is that migraine. you have you have come to a point in your life where you have become conscious about this and because you notice the difference and you're paying attention and and our children don't necessarily have that same language they're just sort of following in our footsteps and they're right. they're um they're mirroring whatever whatever we do so if we can start to to consciously think about how food makes us feel we will just naturally be transmitting that that information that understanding to our children that's quarter back to what I was saying about creating a culture I call it creating a culture of nourishment in your home because mm, I, I don't know about beautiful. you like you have young kids I've got three three kids as well and I knew a thing or two about nutrition like I had already graduated from nutrition school I certainly knew a lot about kids I had been teaching for 10 years but I, I was blindsided by how hard it was to actually implement what I knew logically and like intellectually into a- an action plan to actually get the food on the table, not break the bank, not break my energy <laughs> reserves, get mm-hmm. the kids to eat it, put it in their mouths. Um, so it, it took, and then that's when I realized, I was like, gosh, we don't actually talk about this as as co-parents very often, like what is, what is going to be the place of food in our family? How are we going to talk about it? Are we going to make space for it? Is it okay if not everybody's at the dinner table is it okay if people skip breakfast like how do we feel about this it's really worth a conversation with whoever you're co-parenting with if you are Mm -hmm. to think about that
1: yeah it's one of the most important things now and you know that's why we talk about it over and over and over again and we talk about food you know probably more than any other topic on the podcast but also because everybody brings it back to food just like you said so it doesn't really matter who you talk to but if anyone's talking about health they pretty much always bring it back to food and it's a huge part of the future of our health it's it's everything i mean there are so many other things that are important too but if we don't get nutrients in nothing else matters it's the intake if we don't get the building blocks for our body then you know you can run all day and and, you know be a marathon runner but you're not going to last very long so it's kind of like the first most important step and then every other thing is also important so, yeah, Yeah, it is,
2: and which which makes it ever that much more frustrating. I mean, I can I can feel eyes eyes rolling of people listening, being like, "I'm trying, I'm trying, my kid just won't eat it." And, and know, that's a story that I hear a lot, and it is frustrating to hear how important it is, but then be at the table and your kids just like, "No," closing their mouth. So I, you want to talk about that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. That's, I think that's a good place to go and, and kind yes, of finish right. up in terms of action steps because I think that's the most The frustrating thing like you said where kids are picky eaters and then you're like I know they need veggies but they won't eat it so what do you do
2: what's your what's your top tips well first top tip is don't make it a battle because you will not win right Mm -hmm. it's their mouth it's their body they will close it and they will throw you into a tailspin and then Mm -hmm. they're like huh I just did this with are you are you imagining your toddler
0: (laughs) no I just did this with zucchini I was like, eat it, eat it, come on, it's so good, come on, it's got Parmesan cheese and olive oil and all over it. <laughs> Mm-mm. He discloses not like
2: that. Yeah. They will because they yeah. can. It's their right. It's their mouth. Yeah. It's their body, right? They will. They can. They get to decide. Yeah. Um. So first tip is is you can you know model is great, encourage great you know, try it a different way, put a little bit of salt on it, put a little bit of oil on it, like you were saying before, right, great. But at the end of the day, if they, we're not gonna pin our kids down and force something in their mouth. So um, that's when you take a breath and you commit to not battling about this. And then my second tip is don't leave it at that. Like, try it again. Like what, what, what you were saying earlier about it can take time it can take time. Try it again. Try it a different way. It can be sometimes painstakingly um, slow, but, uh, but don't try, try to avoid giving in to, well, what will you eat? Right? Because then all of a sudden they get to choose, right? And they don't know anything about what their body needs. You do, as parents, they don't. So um, try to avoid falling into that. And instead, just keep offering. This is what we do here. This is how we eat. This is how we nourish our body. This is going to help our brains. This is going to help our bodies. This is going to help us sleep. You can, you can connect food to anything. So anything that your child wants in their life, if they want to have more energy, if they want to have better sleep, you might not know this from a toddler, but for older kids, they want to be a better athlete. They want better skin. They want more stable weight. Whatever it is that they want, you can connect it somehow with what they put in their mouth. Mm-hmm. So you don't, I mean, this is a little sort of parenting hack. You don't need to know the, the science and the details of what the connection is, but you just take it from me. Trust me. There is a connection. <laughs> There's going to be a connection you can find out afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. zucchini. It'll help you get better grades. It will. <laughs> but um, so, so that's sort of um, one tip. Don't make it a battle. Don't give up trying understand that this is a developmental stage in toddlerhood that they go through. It is where a lot of parents fall down the rabbit hole of, of picky eating and they become this short order chefs and they're just like end up cooking four or five different meals for the whole family and that gets tired real fast. Mm-hmm. So hold, hold your boundaries.
1: Yeah. No, I right. think that's that's great advice, and I think it's a really it's a really great pra- place to start with this, uh, and and like we said, this is you know if, if you haven't started yet, now is the time. This is the time to focus on food, and, and we appreciate you know, you being here and sharing your tips with us, and, and, and you know really focusing us in a, you know once again on on diet and how important eating really is. So maybe you can tell everyone where to find you uh, if they want to learn a little bit more.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's worth your time. It's worth your energy to consider. Um, my home base, uh, on the internet is my name, <laughs> Jess And, um, if you go onto my blog, I've written quite a few blog posts about picky eating and some of the, some of the deeper issues that can go on. If you're just like, Oh my gosh, I've been trying. It's like 17, 18, 25, 30 times. I've tried to get them to eat the thing and they still won't eat the thing. Um, there are some deeper physiological issues that could be going on. So I've written about that on my blog. If you do a, a blog search for, for picky eating, you'll find those Oh, great, great, great. And, um, are you on social media? Yeah. Jess Sherman RHN. Uh, and we also have a Facebook community, um, at the it's called raising You'll find Wonderful. our Facebook community. That's, that's um, titled after my book, which is called raising resilience. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you
2: so much for having me and for tackling this topic.
1: Yeah, we're talking about food again. You know, Picky eating, I think it's by far and above the most important topic. And so we're just going to keep talking about, and talking about it and talking about it because there are so many different ways for parents to tackle this. And I think it's the most important thing that you can do of anything that we talk about and so just having different ways and different things to think about are are so important I just want to add to that you know she had mentioned a few things um, that you can do but also very important to remember taking your kids with you to the store if they're old enough I think that's really really helpful in terms of getting them to pick uh, different food uh, that they might be more willing to try gardening Growing food at home really gets them involved in learning about the process of where food comes from and if they actually understand a little bit more about food, then they're more likely to eat it. Um, And then I also think your cooking abilities make a big difference. People don't realize, and there's a lot of people that are just not that good at cooking, right? And if your kid is not eating your food, it might be because of the way that you're preparing it. And they're- Because you're
0: a terrible cook. Some people (laughs) are not good cooks, right?
1: (laughs) But that's just the reality, right? I, I think that's important to note that you know, you think that your kid's not going to eat broccoli, well, but maybe it's the way that you're preparing the broccoli or the kind of broccoli that you're buying. Uh, you know, it's older, not as good. You know, There's so many reasons as to why your kid might not eat the thing um, that's not just about that thing. Which that, is that why one day we're going to write
0: the Raising Amazing Cookbook. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> we can cook. Right. Um, but there's a lot of people that can cook, right? So there's a lot
1: of <laughs> yes. fun people that you can learn mm-hmm. from, and it's not just about eating broccoli. It's about how you brought the broccoli, where did you buy the broccoli from, uh, you know, I guarantee you if you buy, like, if you go and pick broccoli off a, the, you know, out of the ground and you eat it right then, it's going to taste completely different than one that's been sitting in a store for two weeks. In so. a
0: plastic bag. Molding. Right. Yeah.
1: So, you know, that, all these things make a difference and, um, yeah, I don't know, crazy.
0: my my new my pro tip the thing that's been working for us Mm -hmm. lately i mean he used to eat everything but now as i said in the beginning he's becoming this picky eater which is super annoying so this is what i started to do all vegetables are happening first so like Mm -hmm. if he's gonna have a pasta and i rotate his grains like sometimes it's Mm -hmm. regular sometimes it's you know it's always organic but sometimes it's rice whatever um or if we're having like you know chicken and potatoes or sugar, whatever all the vegetables are first so sliced cucumber sliced carrots the broccoli the green beans the zucchini the salad now i've gotten him to eat salad mm-hmm. all of that is on his plate first and he'll be like mama and you can want blah 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 I'm like not until you eat your vegetables and then i'll put like the main course on and mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. working because that he's is hungry mm-hmm. if i put the pasta down until he gets too smart with the avocado or, what, or the... Actually, he loves avocado. Um, <laughs> if I put the pasta down with the, with the vegetables, he'll just eat that yeah. first and not touch
1: him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a brilliant pro tip and Thanks. definitely something that I have heard other practitioners mention. Definitely at, over time, it will work less and less because they'll get smarter and know that what's coming later is later. But that's where you have to get really crafty at like saying it's not ready. You know, that yeah, everything's not ready. So yeah. you, you know, well, that's what, what I do now. Yeah. Like, I'm
0: still cooking. So yeah,
1: exactly. Know. So you, you kind of... Yeah. Um, get them when they're most hungry, so that's the only thing out there, and they're way more likely to eat the carrot if that's the only thing on the plate. Oh. If that's the, it's like the fourth thing on the plate, and you're like, oh, here's some steak, uh, and here's you know a truffle lobster or something, and then here's your oh like broccoli. God, I'm starving a truffle lobster. <laughs> well, whatever. Jesus. I'm just making a, you know things. Do you how guys ca- eat it? No, it's definitely not. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? Like if you're putting this on the table and you're like, oh yeah, yeah eat the eat the carrot. Like they're not gonna do that, would no, you? No, but you can do
0: this thing. I do this thing with Nico like before din- dinner time, and I'm like, hey baby, come here, I have a surprise for you. And I you mm-hmm. know hold my hands behind my back. You can't see me unless Jacqueline's turning this into a a video. Then you can. I hold my hands behind my back and. Um, he, he comes up, and I tell him to pick which one, and I've got a carrot stick. Mm-hmm. And, he can, and, and I make it special. Make it fun. So that's working, too.
1: Yeah, make, make it the. Or tip
0: number two for me.
1: Make it the thing, not, not the other thing, not the backup, not the food, not the, like, oh, eat your carrots. Because, you know, if you can make it fun and get them mm-hmm. to eat that first, then they're way more likely to eat it. So good tip.
0: Thanks, tip. Doc. <laughs> all right, you guys, let's all clean up our diets. We can't get through life on donuts and chicken nuggets. Like, that's just not how we're going to live our best life. So we're going to keep raising the bar on ourselves so we can raise amazing children. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing Podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to Raising Amazing Podcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.